0: From SheIsConference.org and Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania, you're listening to the She Is Community Podcast.
1: Welcome to the She Is Community Podcast. This is Michael Bond, and I will be one of your hosts today. I'm joined by Kim Massingale. Hello. Jennifer Stanley. Hello. And Katie Stevens. Hi. So real quick, before we jump in, please go and give this podcast a five-star rating. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, tell your friends about this podcast and share this episode on social media. If you'd like to receive email notifications every time we release a new episode, you can go to summitpodcast.church forward slash subscribe. This is the network where you will find all of the podcast content created here at Summit Church. Today we are talking about she is resilient, uh, which for those who don't know, that's the name of this year's conference. Uh, But before we do that, let's just imagine that I've I'm off the street. I've never heard of she is, I don't know anything about it. Let's talk about what she is, is, and maybe let's talk about like the motivations behind why we, why you wanted to start uh, the she is conference.
2: Yeah, so she is is a community of women of all ages um, that gathers together to discover really who they are in Christ, because we just have found that so many people just kind of wander around life aimlessly without really knowing where their true identity lies. And so it is a community full of safe women, women that can um, admit that their need for Jesus and that none of us are perfect, um, but we all come together under the umbrella of the name of Jesus to discover um, who he is and who we are through him. And uh, anyone is welcome at the table.
1: Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, you started this, Kim, in 2015. Is that correct? Yeah. And so did you have, did you know that it would turn into what it is today? Did you have expectations that it would turn into this or?
2: So I've always been a big dreamer, but no, I could have never dreamed up this, (laughs) especially in the context where we are in Indiana, PA, um, in a town our size, uh, an hour and a half away from a major airport. You know, I never could have dreamed up this, Um, but women are hungry, like they hungry for food, but also... (laughs) (laughs) Hungry for more. (laughs) Um, I remember when we first moved here almost eight years ago and there really wasn't a women's ministry at Summit. And I remember coming in and like two months after we got here, I was already planning our first like big women's launch. And I had women tell me like, oh, that's great, but it's not gonna work here. Like Mm. we've, we've tried women's ministry here and it doesn't work in Indiana. And God was just like, "Just keep on going with the mission and vision that I've given you, and watch and see what I'll do." And so part of me, like my flesh side, wanted to be like, "I'm going to prove all of these women wrong."
1: yeah, <laughs> but
2: God's so quick and kind to be like, "No, I'm going to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. You know you're not going to prove them wrong. I am going to do it and he He did, and i I remember having conversations with women even early on, like saying... We had no clue that this could work here. We had no clue that this could happen here. And I've um, seen so many lives transformed.
1: Did it take a long time for that perception to kind of shift away from like, oh, well, you know, this is, it sounds nice, but it's not going to work. But it, to shift from that to more like a, oh, wow, this is, this is actually catching.
2: I mean, man, Jen, you've been, well, Katie, too. Y'all both been with me from the very beginning. That's fine. Uh, not, not in March of that year, but, but the rest of the year. Yeah. Y'all were with me in 2014. So yes. what, what would you say? I would think that the very first time
3: that we had um, had an event and it went well, that was kind of the first prove you wrong moment. You know, because like, oh, wow, this is something. Um, I do think something that Kim has been really good about is being committed to doing women's ministry differently. Like there's a traditional way that it looks and we're not doing that. And so I think that that's been a good draw and people are surprised by that, but excited at the same time. What do you think Katie?
0: I mean, both good (laughs) points, but no, yeah. um, It really, it looks a lot different than it used to, but also like in the best way. Um, And I think too, the reach has gone further with it, the ability to, stream things online but just seeing women from all over be able to attend whereas when it was just at summit it might have been a little bit harder granted we had people who traveled Mm -hmm. um but then you know just to see the growth and what god has done in that and how the reach has just extended and i think that can cause a perception a perception shift as well not to say that i hate saying that oh because so many people are going we should go but i think there's more of a draw to it if there's you know if you see the size of it um but yeah, and, well, Michael, you brought, I mean, you said, like, from the
2: very beginning, was it was it hard to, like, would it take a long time for the perception to change? And, and I mean, I will say, like, that very first event we did in March where we kind of cast a vision for what we wanted Women's Ministry to be, which neither one of you were around for, but um, the perception started shifting then. But I will say that, like, over the next two years, I'd, I did have to battle, like, People being like, can you focus too much on young adult women? You don't care about women of all ages. Mm -hmm. And and that would break my heart because I very much cared about every age group. But statistics show (laughs) that the young adult women are not coming to church. Mm -hmm. Like there is a, a generation gap that we weren't capturing. And so God very, you know, was very strategic with me in making sure that we provided an atmosphere where women of all ages want to come, mm. but especially the younger generation, because because if we are creating a women's ministry that only older women want to come to, then what?
1: Right, right, and you're missing that whole demographic. Yeah. So were, were the, um, the thought that she is was tailored towards young adult women, was that because most of the women who were turning out were young adults, or was that because they thought that it was tailored for it.
2: So our very first larger women's event that we had was in September of 2014. And that's where um, Katie and uh, Steph McCoy and Brandy LeBlanc now and um, Courtney Bowers, who was, can't even remember her maiden name now, but they were all, what you guys were seniors at IEP. Yeah, we were seniors. And, um, they were a part of my Bible study and I asked them like, can you help cast a vision for this event? Because I want to create something that you all would want to come to. And so they were my team that year for brave is what it was called. And Tiffany Thurston came in from Hawaii and led worship. And, and then we just had women share stories, women, Mm -hmm. um, At our church, from of all ages, um, from our community, just share their story, their brave story, and that event. I think we had like several hundred young adult women come for the very first time.
3: I think this recording is very timely because
2: today I sent you a picture on yeah, my time hop did. from
3: seven years ago and it was a picture of the people she just named and like it was at a breakfast that we had at commonplace oh, like a coffee yeah. morning I remember that. and um and I, I said to Kim like here's some of your fruit like this is where we started and so um to see where we're at seven years later is amazing I think I also would like for you to talk about like the KCAC aspect of things and how like that was seemed so far away but yet it came so quickly
2: yeah it yeah, was like light speed, <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah, and we i the conference she is technically started the year following in twenty fifteen mm-hmm. and um that's where we started using that that word she is and um the first few years we came close to sell out, but then every year after that we would sell out and um, I didn't really have a solution for that, didn't really have a desire to move to a venue because I liked the, the feel of home, you know, mm-hmm. and KCAC is, does not feel like home. It's, <laughs> it's made for athletic events, mm-hmm. and so there's nothing homey about it, and, uh, and that's important. Environments are very important to me, and, uh, but in 2017, I think was when Bianca was with us, or was that 2016? She has chosen.
0: <clears throat>
2: I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, man. I, I feel know. like there's
3: two years in between. So let's go.
2: Let's say 17. Okay. We'll go with that. And if we're <laughs> wrong, Michael <laughs> corrected in the show notes. Yeah, we can we
1: can always put a little note.
2: <laughs> and Whatever the year that was, we had sold out. And Bianca Oltoff was one of our speakers. And she turned to me during... Worship during one of the sessions and she said looked me square in the eyes and she said this conference is not to stay this size this conference is to be a regional conference to make a regional impact to influence and bring women in from from all around and therefore um, you're going to have to make room and um, you're going to be in the arena soon and I was like okay that's nice. Yeah. Well,
1: that's really, like, yeah. So, so she's coming in from the outside yeah. and she, she prominent at the time. Like, she she, was, so she yeah. comes in and she's like, well, I see the value here. Mm-hmm. And that's really definitely some affirmation to hear coming from somebody who's, you know, not been part of it from the beginning, but just comes right. in as a speaker and is like, wow, this is, this is going to grow.
2: Yeah. So that's a word I didn't tell very many people. Um, I held that tightly as I do believe there's a value sometimes in holding those things tightly. And to be honest, I didn't want I didn't want to go to the KCAC. I didn't I didn't want to move venues. Um, but in gosh, I really want to get these timelines right. It's 19, but in, right? in twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen, I went to one of our so Pastor Jim and Becky Hennessy are some of our overseers out of Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, Texas. I had gone to her women's event, um, her women's conference, and um and I believe it was 2018 and Bianca was speaking, Bianca and Mm -hmm. Lisa Bevere, actually, who's coming in for this year. And I went back and talked with Bianca and she said, you are going to the the arena next year, aren't you? And I was like, "Uh, I mean, (laughs) well, uh, maybe we haven't really planned. She said, Kim, I know, I heard from the Lord. And here I am two years later, I'm telling you, like, you're to go to the arena. And that was right. It was 2016 when she gave me the word then. And I said, okay. And so I was like, but Lord, you're going to have to like provide because I don't want to make our tickets crazy expensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And venues normally cost a fortune. Like all my other friends who have moved to venues, it's just a huge financial cost. And, um, and so the whole, God was just like, watch what I'll do. You know, watch and see if you'll just take the step of obedience. See how I provide, and He did, like He gave us an the KCAC he gave us an incredible, incredible cost. I mean, it was just like unheard of, like. And then we had sponsors that paid for the venue, basically, and God provided, <laughs> and and then in 2019 we moved into the arena, and it was just the most breathtaking thing I've witnessed in my lifetime yet Mm -hmm. yet because I believe that this year is going to be another like wow
1: yeah so that first year in the arena the first time like did it feel real to you or did it was it just like I can't believe this no it's actually (laughs) happening
2: (laughs) it didn't I I felt like I was at somebody else's conference that I planned Do you know (laughs) Like, (laughs) like is this really is this really us like is this really happening I was I was in awe but yeah. I do remember you being very calm
3: because yeah. so like part of my role is to be the volunteer coordinator. So I remember feeling a little like oh, everywhere, like an <laughs> octopus going, what's going on? We need to make sure everyone's in the spot that they need to be in. And then Kim's just kind of calm and just mm-hmm. had a peace about her. And so like I'm challenged myself this year that I'm going to make sure that I'm oozing calm <laughs> as the volunteer coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be oozing.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: And then Katie was helping run production that year. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Michael, yeah. you poor, you poor woman. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, well, it's good to have calm during, uh, big events like that. That is for sure. So you'd said that, um, she is stands apart from traditional women's ministry. What are some, what were some characteristics when this started that sort of set it apart from a traditional women's ministry and what are some characteristics today that you think still cause it to, uh, to stand apart to some degree? Hmm.
0: You go first, Katie. Th- oh, no. I, think, I want time to think of my answer. Well, here's the thing, though, is that I think for me, this this was my first experience in women's ministry. Mm-hmm. Like growing up in church, um, you know, not to go into my whole story, but there was a really big gap of time when I was adamant against everything. You know, I didn't want to go to youth group. I didn't want to participate in anything because I was I was filled with a lot of anger. So coming here and finding – You know, and my story extends past that because I didn't think I was coming back to Indiana, Pennsylvania, yet here I am. Um, So it was my first experience in women's events. But I think I I was at one, it was, I don't even remember the name of it, which may be a good thing um, when I was in high school. But something I think is so important is that it still feels so personal. Like you can be in an arena with a thousand women and over a thousand women and you still feel like. You're seen. You still feel like you're important. You see the stories of women. And I think the intentionality behind making sure or just really calling this character, whatever the she is, word is for the year, just calling that characteristic out in women and saying, hey, will you tell your story? Um, And for women's willingness to do that. So it just feels super personal, even though it's now bigger. And I even remember, like you said, it was a panel of women. The first, it was just a night, right? It was just one night. Um, And that's like, I remember a little bit of planning, but if you ask me one thing I remember from that evening, it was looking at all of the women on stage that I knew went to summit and hearing their story. And that's what, Mm -hmm. I think that's what sets it apart in a way. I think that it's cool. That that's what sets us apart yeah. because
3: a lot of times traditional women's ministry is not cool mm-hmm. you know it just it's really kind of stale mm-hmm. and I think that through being I don't want to say through being cool but I think part definitely something that we're passionate about doing is letting people know we have something to offer you like mm-hmm. God's cool like there is something great yeah. here that you can receive and so it's not stale and and boring like you know living for Jesus is an adventure mm-hmm. and so we're gonna be a part of that and what we want to invite you alongside. I also think that not being catty, Mm -hmm. because, you know, women can be that. And so, like, I think that Kim has set the tone that that's not what we're going to be about. This is about bringing people together in unity and, like, putting those walls down and loving one another and helping them through whatever they're dealing with, you know, and sharing your story and say, this is where I was, this is what God did for me, and, like, making it normal that it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, And it's okay to ask for help when you're not okay. And so I think just a different tone is Mm -hmm. really what makes it different. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Setting the tone is, is super important. One of the things like that I think when you, Jennifer, when you say that it's cool is like that even down to the adjective and the title and how like the, each time you have a conference, the adjective changes and like it sets the tone for the particular conference. And so I thought that when I first started hearing about the, she is conference that it was pretty neat how there was, you know, she is light, she is resilient, like these different adjectives to kind of describe what, what the thrust of the conference is going to be, I thought was a pretty unique idea. I hadn't really seen anything like that before. Um, it feels like the super bowl of summit ministries, honestly, at <laughs> least like to me, like, like, you know, I have this will be my second one that I've been involved with and it feels like that. It feels like all hands on deck. Like everyone's trying to put out their very best stuff for this conference. And, um, man, to be able to, to get that, to get that kind of backing and that kind of weight behind the conference and the women's ministry, I think is, a there's probably a lot of churches that wish that they had that, that sort of mentality surrounding their women's ministry.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, I, I will have to say that like vision ignites something, yeah. you know, and um, we've never really had to beg people to be a part. This year has felt, I mean, I'll be honest, it's felt a little bit differently because of COVID I hate what COVID has done in people's hearts. <laughs> um, just the fear and the comfortability. And is that a word, Michael? I don't know. But um, being comfortable, being in that place. <laughs> uh, you know. But, I mean, we still have an amazing team. And I will say the, the very first year that we did it, I ha- no one on my team, other than maybe Jennifer, had ever even – been to another women's event or conference. So they had no clue what one even looked like. So I had to cast vision for every area from the decor to, to the, the videos to the very end. And it's just such a beautiful thing now that, that I cast the overall vision, but then everyone else is just playing a part. Like the decor mm-hmm. team, they just run with yeah. with the word and, you know, and go with their giftings. And um, and it, so it's just fun to see that played out how, yes, in the beginning I was having to have my hands in every little thing. But now it's grown to where everybody's playing a part. Everybody's using their gifts and their talents, you know, to see this thing happen. So
3: a couple, I don't know, probably a month or two ago, Kim and I were meeting about She Is stuff. And she was talking about um, a meeting she'd had with someone else and about what happens for where she is, and how it comes about, and so I, I really felt strongly, and I've spoken about it a couple of times. She's probably gonna get tired of hearing me say it to her, but I feel like why she is is what it is is because this is Kim doing what she was called and created to do. Like God has a special call in her life mm-hmm. to do this conference, to have the connections with the people that she needs to have, to be able to administrate these things, and to look at the details and to notice things that people don't notice, like there's things that she'll bring up and I'll go like, I don't care if we have snacks. It's like, no snacks are important. You know? So like, so knowing that all these pieces need to be there, I think that what we're seeing is her flourishing and what God has created her to do. And so it is big picture. I think she knows how to get people underneath her and behind her and beside her to, to pull it off, to make it happen. And, um, this is just her doing what she's made to do.
1: Yeah. I really like that. I like the idea that God has given Kim has given you a vision and that you've been faithful enough to pursue it so much so that the people surrounding you have caught the vision and have the, the identity of she is has been built into them now to where when the conference comes up, um, yeah, they need oversight, but at the same time, like you said, they're willing to pick up and, and take up and run with it. And they know what it's supposed to look like. And they know all of those things now, whereas you, you can see the the timeline of growth from the beginning to there. And just that should be encouraging to anyone who's listening to this, that if they have the, the faithfulness to pursue the vision that's given to them that it can, it can turn into something like that. That's, that's a really great,
3: I also think she has the ability to notice other people's giftings and, and pour into that and to call them up and call them forth into that. So, yeah. you know what, this is what you're amazing at. Katie, you're amazing at doing art. Let's figure out how you're going to be able to do art with the Shia stuff. And so Katie's our artist, <laughs> right? Our, our resident artist. For yeah. almost everything that's like drawn, she's done, right? Like you've done the backdrops before. I have done the backdrops before. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so really finding what people are good at and saying, okay, this is, this is what I want you to do. And, 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 just breathing life into that. So I don't know that leaders are always willing to do that because when you do that, you're having to let go of things Mm -hmm. like you're not, you don't have control anymore. And so, but she's got the ability to say, this is what you're good at. Let me hand this to you. I'll tell you what I want. I'll tweak it if we need to, but I'm going to give you the freedom to do you Mm -hmm. in this moment. And so then people are finding their own callings and finding Mm -hmm. their own giftings. And I, I just think this is a great avenue for that.
1: Yeah. And that's that kind of delegation, Jennifer, like you're saying, is especially hard whenever it's involving a project that you birthed that, you know, that you started, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much of you invested in it that to be able to say, Hey, I trust you to be able to make this work is, I mean, that takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of, uh, of willingness to let go. And I think, yeah, it's a testament to what can happen whenever you're able to do that. That's for sure. So, um, you know, we've all been working on the, she is conference to some degree, um, this year, but Kim, maybe no one more than yourself. So let's just talk about like the, the preparation process for she is resilient this year. Like specifically, what has the preparation been like for you?
2: Yeah. So Becky Hennessy who will be sharing, um, her story at she is resilient this year, was text me last night and asked me how, how I was doing. And I just said, you know, um, This year has been harder than ever. And it feels a little bit like we're trudging through mud, but I see victory on the other side mm-hmm. and I can see, uh, I can see victory, you know, next weekend. And so it doesn't feel like a kind of hard, like, oh, you should quit. It feels like a kind of hard of no, you you're going to walk through this, you're going to push through this and you're going to see the victory on the other side. And so, um, so I will say that the preparation has been harder, you know, part of it COVID like at the beginning of the year, we didn't really even know if it was going to happen or if it should happen or if the KCAC would even be able to open up their doors to us. Like, um, they, they were at the time had less seats available than, than we do in our auditorium. And so we had to put a lot of things kind of on hold for a little bit and linger and wait. And I thought about calling and pulling the plug for a little bit, just on even having it there, but God just kept saying, just wait, just wait. And I'm so glad that we did, you know. Um, but so this year has just been so different because of the pandemic. However, like I know that the Lord gave us the word resilient even before the pandemic even really hit, knowing uh, knowing what kind of weight that word has in this season of life. And so, um, so while the preparation has been harder, um, I believe that it that next weekend is going to be even more sweet than we've ever experienced before.
1: Mhm. So. Yeah, when I'm when I'm preparing for any kind of big project, sometimes I learn more about myself through the preparation than I do actually executing on the night of. So I'm curious uh you know Kim Katie and Jennifer what has has the preparation for this year taught you anything about yourself like in the midst of it like what what have been the most challenging parts of the preparation like if you can be specific uh and you know what did you learn about yourself and about how to carry out tasks or how to uh, overcome difficulties that maybe you didn't have before before this year
0: well <laughs> um i think for me it was just the I don't know, dying to myself, honestly, because my role has shifted a lot over the years. <laughs> I went from doing things literally behind the scenes to being more, just more involved. And so with that comes out a lot of insecurities. Um, so I know for preparing for me, it's like, all right, Lord, this is the spot I'm in. You've created me to do this. So how can I do this well? Mm-hmm. Um, and just really trusting him in that. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's what it's been for me, I think, this year specifically.
3: I think for me this year has felt a little safer, that makes sense. Um, I think feeling like I know myself better now than I have in years past, like I'm not as panicked about messing up or missing something um, or getting something wrong or like before I think... There's been years past that if I did something that needed to be corrected, I would get a little squirmy and like, oh, no, I've done something wrong. This isn't OK. And so this year I'm kind of like, oh, OK, well, I'll fix it, you know. And so I think what I've noticed about myself is just being um, more confident in who I am and, mm-hmm. and confident in my relationship with Kim to know that it's, you know, she's not going to like fire me if I don't send an <laughs> email on the right day, <laughs> you know. Um, and so so to me, that's been the difference, just feeling safer.
1: Yeah. I think that's good too. Like, you know, it isn't re- sometimes it's not until we stretch ourselves that we're able to see how far we've come and how mm-hmm. far we've matured and, and the confidence that we now have. And I think that like having, having a big project like this to stretch you really kind of reveals that that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about Lisa Bevere and Mo Isom Aiken. Uh, who are they and why are you excited to have them with us this year?
2: Yeah. So Lisa Bevere, um, I would say like in my early thirties, when I kind of had looked at Christian speakers as like, like celebrities a little bit, but like kind of idolized them, like wanted to be them. Lisa Bevere would have been mine. (laughs) She was someone that I listened to and read nonstop. I mean, because she just has fire in her bones. She is uh, her life was transformed by Jesus in her 20s, and she, I'm sure you'll hear part of that story um, next weekend, but she's just radical for Jesus and um, and what she believes and, and who he has been to her, and just so bold in, in her preaching and um, teaching, and so when I used to listen to her early on, I, I mean, I'm like the opposite of Lisa, <laughs> but I very much wanted to be her in my 30s, and, um, but she is like going to be the mama of the house. She'll be the grandmama of the house. Like she um, has years and years of ministry under her belt and has just some wisdom and insight and um, some, the prophetic within her that I, I believe she'll just be able to be a godmother to, To every person who attends. Um, So she's incredible, and I'm excited about what she's going to bring and the depth that she's going to bring next weekend. Um, Now, Mo Isom Aiken is, um, so she's in her early 30s, has um, little ones, like she had them just Back to back, like this. she's a busy mama. Um, her husband Jeremiah laid down his career to um, assist with her ministry and and be a part of that full time. And Mo um, is famous for the fact that she was an LSU soccer player. Who um, you'll hear, you know, her tell her story. But but her story went viral on ESPN, and um, and then she. Um, will just honestly say that she kind of wasted her life away in her, her early uh, college career, just really lived the normal college party life, and was in a car accident where um, it changed her life forever. And mm-hmm. she has a book called Wrecked My Life. Um, that is her very first book. But she just has such a powerful boldness about her. I mean, she neither one of the, these ladies... Um, you know, they tell truth and love, but we're going to get a lot of truth, and we're going to get it in love. Um, this this won't be a, like, um, you won't be able to walk away from next weekend, like, without feeling some, some a difference made. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, this isn't like a fluff. These aren't, they aren't fluffy.
1: hmm Yeah, that's good. You're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to
0: get the good stuff. Yeah.
1: I looked up Lisa Bevere, um, and she has like over a million followers or likes on Facebook. And I saw that and I was like, Whoa. And I thought, Oh no, I hope she likes the headset that I'm bringing for her. (laughs) And so, um, she's
3: going to tell a million people if she doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) I know she won't.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear them for sure. So being involved as the three of you are in a project like this, certainly you have women who come to you afterwards and give you feedback and tell you the impact that it's had on them. And I'm wondering if there's, are any stories in particular that stand out to you that you're able and willing to share about the, you know, the change and the transformation that's come through the, she is project, the she is conference in the lives of women who have been a part of it. Like what kind of feedback generally do you get, uh, in the weeks after? A conference. Oh,
0: oh, I keep making Katie go first. Yeah, I I don't know if I can answer right away. I feel like I have to go into the vault of my mind. It's. I will be honest in saying it's always been positive. Um, I've I have I've never heard someone say, "Wow, that was awful." Like, why <laughs> did I go? Like that hasn't happened. Um, Nobody's uh, uh, asked for a refund at the end. Yeah. Um, I don't have a. I can't you know, nail down a specific story, but, um, just being able to be in small groups with different women or just knowing different women, each of them have such a unique and special story. And I think that's, what's so great about it is that something that a speaker says will not land on me at all. Like it'll be good, but then it'll impact someone to the core of who they are. And that's what I love is that, and that's just a testament to who God is. Um, of that each and every woman that is there will hear it in a different way. Um, and it'll speak to their hearts in a different way. And I'm like, man, Lord, that's how big you are is that for such a time as this, that every woman that's gonna be sitting in the in the KCAC or every woman who has sat in, in the summit auditorium or every woman who's watching online, Um, they're going to have a unique experience to them. And I'm so appreciative of the ones that share their story, Um, the ones that are willing to be vulnerable and honest in that way. But also, too, like Kim said, you know, sometimes there's value in holding it for yourself for a little bit. And I think that we will hear stories in years to come of things that have happened. I really feel like that the She Is conference is kind of
3: intricate to what we do and so I think women come here and they see a sisterhood that they aren't expecting, and then uh, then it kind of branches off from there. So then they come in, they get involved in a small group. They come and start serving in some kind of way. Um, they they start to invite their friends and bring them alongside. And so um, I'm struggling, too, to be able to pick up a specific story because I feel like the stories that I know are kind of branched off from that. Mm-hmm. But but I think that the conference is just the centerpiece mm-hmm. for those things. Yeah. Um, again, saying, you know, women can be catty. And so like to be able to see that you can have a healthy relationship with other women and that you can have a healthy relationship and Jesus be a part of that. You know, I think that that's part of what we um, communicate and provide. And so um, it's just important to what we do. It's just centerpiece.
2: Well, and I think I'm I'm probably privy to a little bit more of the, like the stories that are specific to, hey, this is how it impacted my life. But I can, I mean, every, every, I'm like, filing through every year and just thinking of like specific women and know their names and how their life was impacted. And what is cool is every single year women get invited that wouldn't normally come to anything like this. They wouldn't Mm -hmm. normally come to church. They wouldn't normally come to a women's conference and they get invited in their worst moment, And then God speaks to them. So I can think of two or three women specifically in 2016, one who I remember she didn't really want to come, but was invited by, um, I believe, friends and was at one of the lowest moments in her life. And God used one of the speakers to just speak. Specifically about her situation, even though it, it was for the whole room, but, but that woman felt like it was specific to her. And her life was changed forever, for eternity. She gave her life to Jesus at the conference. I think of in 2018, another woman um, that now attends our church faithfully who wasn't in church before. Um, she was invited right after her husband overdosed and died. Mm. Um, Like, I want to say the same week, but someone invited her to come and she gave her life to Jesus and she's faithfully at church, you know, every weekend. But then I also know the stories of how it's impacted other churches, because that's the beauty of she is, is yes, it is summit church host it, but our desire is to encourage the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so not just our women, but women of all churches, like we want to be a community that that is kingdom minded and that everyone is invited. And so I hear stories from other churches of like, man, we've started a women's ministry now, mm-hmm. like, and that's because we came to a summit women's event or a she is conference. Like I, I, I've personally helped go and start three other women's ministries, um, nearby, um, gone to their launch event and, and help them get started. And that's just so fun because Mm -hmm. this isn't about making summit famous or, Certainly I would never want it to be about making Kim Massengale famous. This is about making the kingdom bigger. Mm-hmm. And when I hear stories about how their other churches are made better because their women catch a hold of what God is speaking and doing and then they take it back to their cities. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a lot that is the most fun for me, honestly. I think also what we do is that
3: we give other people permission to try new and hard things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, if they did this and did it differently, maybe I can do that. So they've got some, a woman somewhere has something stirring in her heart and she's like, she's not sure if she can make it happen comes and sees what we've, what we've done and go, you know mm-hmm. what, I can try this, this may feel out of the box, but there is a space for this. And so, um, I, th- I think we do give hope in those ways too, mm-hmm. to impact other people.
1: Yeah. You kind of function as like the tip of the spear and, unknown territories. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when women see that you're able to pull that kind of thing off, it encourages them to try it out themselves. And, you know, if you're thinking about attending the conference, it, it sounds like it may and likely will be an on-ramp for you to, uh, lead, lead you into community and relationships yeah. that will continually bless your life after the conference and in the years ahead, it's, it's, it's kind of functions as an on-ramp in that way. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the future of she is, so what is your vision for what you'd like to see the conference accomplish in the future in the in the coming years?
2: Yeah. Well, this is something that I just hold a little tightly. Um, but I, I know that the Lord has specifically given me a vision that that this will spread to the nations. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already done one Shias in Ireland. We did that a few years ago with about 50 women, and that was just the most fun ever. <laughs> um, and I believe that, like, our team will begin to go throughout the world, equip and train leaders within their communities to have their own Shias community. So it's not necessarily about us going in and being the savior of the day to put on she conferences all throughout the nations. That's not my heart. My heart would be to equip and empower local women to do it in their context, like not necessarily our way because our way won't work everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to fit it within their culture, but that's that's the big vision of she is that it spreads to the nations.
1: That's really good. Yeah. Modeling godly community, modeling a godly community of women such that, uh, you know, women in Ireland can see it and start their own godly community. Like that's, I mean, that's really impactful to hear. Uh, and I think it shows that God is changing the world through, through she is. And that's, man, what an honoring thing to be a part of, uh, did any of you have any closing thoughts on on this that you'd like to say before uh, we launch into the uh, into the back matter of the podcast?
3: I was going to add to what Kim was saying about um, like the vision and where we're going. I think like locally in the church, particularly Summit Church, um, I feel like we're really headed towards like a mentoring angle like you know getting women who have experience and have stories whether you're young or old to to find people that they can help you know to find people that they can bring alongside them and say hey i went through this let me show you what i did um or you know i, I know something about this topic let, let me pour into you and so not necessarily old mentoring mentoring the young or the young the old but just kind of a mix of that finding people that have something to offer and connecting them and so as a part of the community aspect of she is like being able to just um to bring people forward, help them find freedom, help them find who they are in Christ, and just to have some confidence that they're not alone when they're going through some things. And so I, I think that's an important angle of where we're headed.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: <laughs> Katie, do you yeah. have any closing thoughts? Michael just looked at you.
0: <laughs> I saw it. I like don't all, have a straight vision of Michael, but I did Totally see looking it. at you. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, throughout this conversation, I've just really been thinking about um, just the team that that gets to be a part of this, and how I've seen so many women grow. Because like I talked like two seconds on how my role has shifted, but when my role shifted, it allowed for other people to come up and and show off their giftings and their talents that God has given them, and just see these teams building and growing. And I know you, Jen, you uh, do the, all the volunteer coordinating, so you're seeing all these these women a lot. Um, but just what a cool opportunity to see people. Grow in what God has called them to do, and I really do think that being a part of the conference allows them to see that and just lets them step out and say, all right, God, I trust you in this, so what can I do? And so um, I'm just super appreciative for for women who are being obedient to that, that it might feel a little hard, um, but they're doing it, so
1: yeah, that's, that's super exciting. This year feels big and I know that God is going to deliver in a big way. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to see how he does it. Uh, Hey, thank you for listening to the, she is community podcast. I just want to remind you all that you can get your tickets today at sheisconference.org. Um, and it's not too late to attend online or in person. She Is Resilient will kick off Friday, October 22nd at the Kowalczyk Convention and Athletic Complex in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Check-in begins at 4.15 p.m. and the arena doors open at 5.45 p.m. Also, you can find She Is Merch at shop.sheisconference.org. Thank you all for listening and we will see you in the next episode.